WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, it's Latif from Radiolab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. I'm Sean Carlson. While it wasn't the most dramatic in New York City's history as far as power outages go, many are of course wondering why the electricity briefly went out around the boroughs just before midnight last Thursday. Con Ed says a power surge took place at a Dumbo substation while a transmission line was being restored. Police say nobody was hurt, and the MTA says subways were not affected. But both the MTA and FDNY say that some people had to be rescued from stuck elevators. Mayor Adams says he was still up when it happened and joked about how that illustrates his work ethic. Well, I think the most important aspect of it, I saw the lights flicker while I was working, and it happened around uh, 12 o'clock. It just goes to show you I'm working all the time, man. <laughs> Mayor Adams' plan to curb spending on migrants is showing some gains, at least on paper. The Independent Budget Office predicts the city will spend six to nearly eight billion dollars on migrant care over the next two years. That is well shy of the nearly 11 billion dollars estimated by the mayor's office in August. The agency predicts there will be fewer migrants in shelters and lower per diem costs. The administration's implementing new 30 and 60 day stay limits on migrants in city shelters, resulting in savings not accounted for in earlier cost estimates. But IBO analyst Claire Salant says it's not all a positive picture. Reducing the population via exits is not a, a pure cost saver, and there's, there's going to be other costs from that. So it's a complicated way for them to try to reduce costs. The city says it's caring for some 65,000 migrants. The race to replace former Congress member George Santos is heating up. Republicans have picked Nassau County legislator Mozzie Pillup as their candidate after Democrats chose former Congress member Tom Swazi. While Pillup currently serves as a Republican in the Nassau County legislature, she is a registered Democrat. WNYC's Bridget Bergen reports Republicans say she's still the best candidate for the seat. Pillip was first elected in 2021 and re-elected just this November. She was born in Ethiopia and fled to Israel to avoid religious persecution in the 90s and later served in the Israeli Defense Forces. Pillip's nomination comes nearly two weeks after Governor Hochul set February 13th as the date for the special election. Republicans said they were vetting candidates to avoid another Santos, who lied extensively about his biography and was ousted from Congress for ethical and potentially criminal violations. Stay close. There's more after the break. What should I play? I haven't even tried this piano yet. Why don't we play a little bit of a piece that I think you might know? It's a new season of the Open Ears Project. I'm Terrence McKnight, here with stories from people who share the piece of classical music 
that guided them through some of the most important chapters in their lives. Listen now wherever you get podcasts. High school is hard enough, right? The classes, the friends, the grades, you name it. But the students at Forest Hills High School in Queens have spent the last year making it a little more complicated. They've been reviving a school newspaper that had not published an edition in 10 years. The student journalist behind the newly reformed student paper, The Beacon, joined Morning Edition host Michael Hill to talk about their ambitious project. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. This morning, we'll talk to three members of the Beacon staff. Senior Salma Baksh is the paper's editor-in-chief. Junior Athena Vishudanan is the assistant editor-in-chief. And Senior Jackson O'Brien is the news editor. Salma, let's start with you. How did you decide to bring back the paper in the first place? Well, it wasn't my uh, idea to bring back the paper. Actually, a group of students in the year prior to me had Uh, spoken to administration asking to bring it back. So that resulted in the journalism elective being brought back and it was open to students. So I signed up for it. You told the Queen's Eagle there was nothing to work off of while rebuilding the beacon. What bits of institutional knowledge did you wish you had had while undertaking this process? I wish that we had a mentor, firstly, which is um, something that we do have the privilege of having this year through Press Pass. But um, a mentor that would show us how to assign deadlines, uh, that would walk us through um, how to write a news article, how to publish one, what editing looks like, especially since news writing is a lot different from essay writing that happens in traditional English classes. Um, Graphic design, just even some smaller questions like, how should I cite this picture? Very nitty gritty stuff. What is Press Pass you mentioned? Press Pass is an organization that Uh, provides funding, materials, and mentorship for public high schools that want to restart or make their student newspapers better. Athena, what work went into putting together that first edition of the new paper? Um, The first edition of this year, we were assigning our beats to other students. So Selma and and other colleagues of ours, we created a Google Sheet and we did it that way. And then, you know, we did our interviews and it was just a really interesting process because this year is my first time being in the Beacon. And it was really interesting just to see how people work together. I mean, it was all new people, you know, seniors and juniors coming together. And in this very first issue of 2023, um, we worked together and figured out how to write together, how to interview, and how to assign beats where people would be actually interested in writing things. What kind of beats are we talking about? So we had reviews for our entertainment and lifestyle, like reviews of the coffee drinks at Dunkin' Donuts, um, reviews of uh, shows like Loki, Our Flag Means Death. Um, We had things that would interest our student body, so we had to be careful because we can't do anything too serious because then, you know, that attention goes away. So... Things like interviewing teachers. Um, we did a recap and interview with one of our librarians that had left, and she was beloved, so that really caught the attention Have of a lot of our students. Have you published anything that kind of rocks the boat, that's a little, creates some controversy, some dispute? So a article that Salma and I worked on together about our librarian that had left for another job, 
We talked a little bit about censorship in books, and it did rock the boat a little with school administration, but we were were able to smooth things out and make a compromise. But it's just an insight into how, you know, some things that you might not even think would affect certain people or affect the way that they read things. It's just really interesting to see how certain things might be able to, I guess you could say, rock the boat a bit. Jackson, let me move on. Why do you think journalism is important at the school level? And how is it different from other kinds of reporting? Um, So I think that journalism is really important, especially for high school students, um, because a lot of times, you know, nobody really reads a printed paper in in the morning anymore. Back when my parents were growing up, they used to read the newspaper uh, while eating their breakfast, and then they would go to school, even in high school. Um, but kids our age, a lot of times they find themselves finding news on social media. And so I think that by having a school paper, it provides like a more reputable source to see even just school-wide news. Um, you know, like there are certainly social media accounts that aren't necessarily like school-affiliated. They're ran by students, and they can be inaccurate with what's going on in the school sometimes. And so by having our paper it provides like a more reputable and accurate source for our students to access information on what's going on in the school. Selma, the Beacon is four editions in at this point. What has the reception been from your fellow students? Students are less vocal about their support, but we have received comments. I think teachers are really excited to have the paper back. Um, And I, I think that touches on an issue of engagement because, I mean, as Jackson said, most of our peers are on Instagram, they're on social media. Um, so we're trying to shift the paper onto Instagram in some ways, try to uh, get people to read articles through our Instagram because that's where they are. Um, we have a website this year which has increased our engagement. However, it would be unwise to ignore the influence that Instagram has on our generation. We're approaching the first anniversary of the paper's rebirth. In the last year, what stories are staff most proud of writing and Which ones are they most excited to tackle as the beacon continues to grow? I feel like anything that a writer is passionate about themselves always ends up being a great article, and it captures the attention of the student body. I know from our staff, they always love writing about reviews and about what's going on in like Hollywood or what's going on at the school. And I feel like we try to do that in every single issue that we write and in every single article that we write, because once that feeling is there, the student body responds with a very positive interaction. That was Selma Baksh, Athena Vishudanand, and Jackson O'Brien from the Forest Hills High School Beacon back after a 10-year hiatus. You can read it at thebeaconfhhs.org. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to NYC Now from WNYC. Quick shout out to our production team. It includes Sean Bowditch, Amber Bruce, Ave Carrillo, Audrey Cooper, Lyra Noam Kravitz, Jared Marcel, Janae Pierre, and Wayne Schallmeister, with help from the entire WNYC newsroom. Our show art was designed by the folks at Buck, and our music was composed by Alexis Quadrado. I'm Sean Carlson. Have a great weekend.